Ladies and gentlemen, Mental Wellness Mondays is a podcast by Two Broke Twimbos that takes a look at mental wellness. We've partnered together with Wired to Love and Thrive, and that's why we have Dr. Nyarai with us today. And she brings us uh, uh, what I like to call a rogues gallery of her friends, acquaintances, and colleagues uh, to come and help us to understand the many different facets that surround mental well-being. And uh, we've been exploring all kinds of discussions and meeting some incredible people. This, by the way, is brought to you by our gracious sponsor, Bon V Medical Aid Scheme. If you want to find out more about Bon V Medical Aid Scheme, we as Two Broke Twimbos have partnered with them and we've created a landing page that answers all your questions. Just simply go to twobroketwimbos.com forward slash Bon V. That's B-O-N-V-I-E. And you can get yourself a medical aid scheme that can uh, help you or your family or your dependents. Uh, bon V cares about your mental well-being and your physical well-being. So go check them out. Uh, and if anyone asks you, let them know that Two Broke Twimbos sent you. So today we are excited because uh, our specialist is someone that we've had on the show before and someone who we really enjoyed speaking uh, with. He got very technical, you know, in, in, in some places and really he really wanted to, to, to showcase that he is so much more intelligent than us. And we were left just feeling like, you know, we need to read more books. He's got five or levels. And, 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 and since then... Yeah, to, I mean, to make it worse, in the few weeks since his last appearance, my man was like, you know what, I'm not done. You know what I mean? Let me let me, let me let these kids know what's going on over here. He, the man went and got himself a doctorate. Just just casually, just njeh, just njeh. It's just like, you know, the last time I, I, I heard them introduce me and it just didn't sound long enough. You know, the, the qualifications didn't sound long you know enough. What I mean? There are just I not enough letters after my name on my CV. I need... <laughs> then I've ever been to a workshop with, a, with an overqualified individual and it's like PhD, MD, MSc, BSc. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to welcome Dr. Clement Nunji, who has been with us before. Um, he is uh, an expert in many things, uh, but today we look forward to... I, I'm not even going to list them out, Dr. Clement. I think at this point, it's just, I think we'll, we'll just be, we'll, we'll be massaging your ego, I think, at this point, if we just continue. Just, <laughs> don't you think so? I remain human, guys. I remain human. I thought he was going to say, no, I'm not speaking until you say all my qualifications. <laughs> Yo, that's another If thing. I were you, that's what I would do. Because now that yeah, now he's a doctor, Dan, have you ever called the doctor Mr.? Have you seen the look on their faces? Hey. <laughs> Sorry, what did she? No, excuse me. It is a doctor. I've worked too hard. Well, we're very happy to have you with us again, Dr. Clement. Um, I think the last time uh, we spoke quite a bit about addiction and yeah. you had some excellent insights. And if, you're, if many, many of our listeners may remember that we promised that we would bring you back to speak more about sleep. And that day has finally arrived. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing... Uh, maybe a good place to start, Dr. Clement, uh, if you don't mind just sharing with us um, wh why, <laughs> I suppose we have to go down this road, why you, wh wh what qualifications you have to speak <laughs> to us on this topic. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a bath, I'll be back when he's done. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the major qualification that I have to speak into this subject is that I'm an occupational therapist who specialized in mental health, and I have delivered sleep hygiene and therapy to clients who have benefited from the service. And I remain enthusiastic in reading around the matter in order to change the narrative of what exactly do we understand by sleep and how best we can aid each other to have quality 
satisfying and health-promoting sleep. I think that should be enough evidence to give me audience about the matter. Well, thank you very much for, for uh, bringing your expertise and your experience to this conversation. Um, there's obviously a lot to discuss. So maybe let's start at uh, definitions and understanding of, of the concept of what we're discussing. So what do you mean when you say uh, sleep hygiene? What is that? Yes, thanks so much, uh, Danny. So what, what comes into mind when we talk about sleep hygiene is how best can we make and prepare and enjoy quality, restful sleep. That is kind of restorative in the cycle of life. When we do anything that builds up to that quality, enjoyful, restful sleep, it's sleep hygiene. The things we put into our life so that we can enjoy restful and normal sleep is what we term sleep hygiene. Okay. So even within that, what would you define as quality and quality, is that the right word? Qualityful. You know, as a doctor, you, you know the, the word uh, quality sleep. Um, what, what, what would you define that as? So this is contextual. It depends with the age of the person, depends with the health status of the individual. But I will talk about the typical adult person who is supposed to sleep an average of seven to nine hours. And this should be quality restful sleep hours. And it is an individual who wakes up in the morning and they feel like they have rested and they are eager to face the day. This is somebody who is not going to be dozing and falling asleep during the day because they do not sleep well at night. And this is somebody who is productive because they are mentally alert after restoring the system over the seven to nine hour period. This is more of an average quality type of sleep we are talking about. We might have people on the other extreme, the, the, the long sleepers and the short sleepers. The short sleepers, typically you might have people who sleep enough within six hours. And the long sleepers, you might have people who can only be said to have slept enough if they have slept nine to 12 hours. Mm. Doc, you seem to have upset attacked. Dan. Um, Dan, do you have I, a counterpoint? No, no, I just feel attacked. Um, you know, p- particularly singled out, and and uh, honestly, I don't appreciate. Unfairly against. Honestly, honestly, I feel yeah, it's um, yeah. So Dan, you say I think wake this would be a perfect. This would be a perfect episode for us to, uh, to, to 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 diagnose your problems and solve them, and then maybe that'll help the audience in general. What do you think, Doc? Let, 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 let's tackle Dan. Do you have two hours? <laughs> we, might, we might end up referring Dan to a psychiatrist for some anxiolytic medication. Uh, but <laughs> the, the good part about it is when people can sleep by whatever way they sleep and they are very much functional and productive, we ought not to go on a problem-finding mission. Maybe it's working in their regard, so mm. we respect that. Like a yeah. functional alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you know what, Dr. Clement, some years ago, I yes. came across a, uh, an article online that was going to claim to teach me how to train my body 
to be um, to be able to handle less sleep. So um, what it told go? me to do. Yeah, what it told me to do was, you know, wait, at first on, you wait, feel sleepy. Wait, wait, was the one telling you to sleep every for thirty minutes every three hours? Yes, <laughs> sleep for. <a> few. <laughs> Needless to say, it was disastrous. But I have ever since then. I have, I've sort of envied people who seem to get by on life on very little sleep. You know, you hear stories of someone who slept at one a.m. and woke up at five a.m. And they seem to get through the day and they're productive and so on. And I, I have sometimes thought maybe if I train my body to do that, then I can survive on three or four hours of sleep. In your experience, and, is that and, something and, possible? And, done. and that then you know what the key word is in, in your statement? Is they seem, they seem, <laughs> they seem to do well. And, and that is where we are supposed to focus more on. People who can present the act and act it well to the extent that problems can be piling behind. And one of these days, they have a mental break because they were straining a system that was designed that it should have enough rest for it to continue to function optimally. So they are seeming to be doing well for the now, but in the long run, we end up with the studies which have shown that people who are sleep deprived in the prime ages can end up having conditions like Alzheimer, they have early onset dementia and things like that. So I wouldn't want to say those people were doing well. They were seeming like what you highlighted to be doing well, but problems are coming away. Mm. Okay. So, so, so could, we then, could we then discuss the importance, specifically when we are talking about mental health, because, you know, we live such busy lives, you know, we've got so much work to do. Maybe some, you know, some people are students, they're studying, they've got exams in three months and they've got so much to get through. Uh, it could be parents who, who are new parents and, you know, and they've got months on end of dealing with a cranky child in the middle of the night. So sometimes it seems like sleep becomes the thing that is easiest to give up, uh, in terms of time, and it almost seems like it's being lazy to prioritize sleep. So I wanted to discuss just how important the, this six to nine hours that you're prescribing is. So, so the number one thing that we need to understand is when people are reactionary to the extent of sacrificing sleep, it doesn't mean that they are doing well. So you, you, you are stealing into a, in, into a saving that you did not invest in when you deprive yourself of sleep. And it has got repercussions. One of the repercussions that is so quick to point in is deprivation in sleep results in mental illnesses. Many of the mental illnesses are associated somehow with poor quality sleep. And poor quality sleep is also one of the first line of symptoms that shows us that there's something going on with somebody's mental well-being. So those people, we really need to, to focus more into that. People get less sick of all conditions, including physical ailments, when they have good quality sleep. So having good quality sleep is actually a proactive manner of protecting our health and well-being. 
one other thing is that people can actually regulate their weight <laughs> with good quality sleep. So if you are struggling with something to do with body weight or base and things like that, having good quality sleep can be a very low hanging fruit to manage some of those disorders. You are at lower risk of any serious health problems. We might have the same problem with somebody who is having quality sleep. They will have less severity compared to somebody who is already sleep deprived. Some of the conditions which speak direct to this are to do with heart conditions and diabetes. People who are sleep deprived and they have diabetes and heart attack, they have worse of outcomes than those who are considered to have normal sleep. And people who sleep well actually can regulate their stress levels. And people who are deprived of sleep, one of the things that makes people not sleep well is stress of any nature, be it insidious, be it traumatic, be it financial, economic, marital, any forms of stress. Zimbabwe. Mm. <laughs> mm. Zimbabwe yeah. stress. Dog, I think uh, as, as a future study, if you could uh, pioneer that study of Zimbabwe stress on, on, mm. on, on the body. Uh, honestly, so, honestly, Doc, you're, you're looking at a Nobel Prize in the making. But anyway, sorry, continue, please continue. We digress. Yes, please yeah. continue. Yes, stress. Yes, please continue. Yeah, so the other thing that is also there is people who sleep well, good quality sleep makes us be in a position to utilize our cognitive abilities maximally during the day. So people who sleep well think well. I, I think I need to highlight that even better. Some of the problems we have in this society are people who did not sleep well and who are not thinking well during the day. And once we have again, once again, the- dog has diagnosed our biggest... Look, you've already, in two minutes, one of the major issues of the Zimbabwe or stress syndrome. It's a lack of sleep. <laughs> so if we could please install pillows at parliament, I think a lot of issues would be addressed immediately. <laughs> Yeah, people, people are busy bodies. They stay awake during the night and they are late because only to mess everything during the day. They, they are late. They are late sleep and wakefulness does not count in any way. They are causing more problems than good. So people think, think properly and clearly. Even mm. they do better in school when they sleep well. One of the misconceptions that people have is I'm going to start until late to nail that exam tomorrow. But you know what? The body is programmed in such a way that if you have good quality sleep, as a well-organized person who read ahead of schedule, you have better chances of passing and recalling information than the one who is trying to cram, pass, and forget. Then the other part... Sorry, Doc. Sorry, before you continue. Sorry, 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 Doc. Um, I don't know what happened, but I think you might have covered your microphone because your audio oh. just went a little muffled in the last few sentences. What about now? Am oh, I clear? Sound perfect. Loud and clear. So Loud it's fine. You, you, you can pick up from the point you're about to start making. All right. So I was talking about the misconception that people can start in the late hours and wake up very early without good quality sleep when they are preparing for exams. 
And when they when they nail the exam, they associate that with the poor sleeping schedule that they had. But the truth of the matter is that they have just managed to cram, pass, and forget. They are not going to retain that information for usability in a practical situation going forward. They just managed to store it in the short-term memory to regurgitate it in the exam tomorrow. But those are the problem makers in industry today because the normal retention systems for, for, for processing information did not happen. So I feel, people... <laughs> I feel like Doc has a personal vendetta that is looking to address with this. <laughs> is, that, is that so few? I, 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 am not fly, I am not on a mission to do that. It's, happening when it's outside of my control. I, I, I did not plan for it. Few. No, let me not put words in your mouth. Let me not put words in your mouth. <laughs> And for Dan, we are agreeing on this one. Uh, I'm not on a main hunt, and this is not a pre-rest thing, okay? <laughs> you, you know, you know, Dr. Clement, there's so many things. So I think I would love, maybe at the end of our discussion, we can wrap it up with the practical steps everyone can take. Um, but in the meantime, um, whew, okay, so... Um, you've, you've, you've already mentioned how important it is to get enough sleep. Um, I've heard a lot of talk about the quality of sleep. So how do we make sure that, okay, let's say I make sure I arrange my affairs and I get six to nine hours, depending on, you know, uh, on, on my own schedule or my own, uh, um, individuality, I get six to nine hours. I've got the full hours of sleep. How then do I ensure that the quality of that sleep is, it gives the, the the benefits that you've mentioned of being restorative, of uh, helping your your cognitive abilities, and all of that. Yeah. So one thing that I would also emphasize, Dan, is we the society is in a crisis at the moment because people don't sleep well, and people who don't sleep well they don't get along with others. Okay. So that's the, that's, the, that's going to be the, my the, new. Whenever anyone's is off from now on, I'm like, you know what. <laughs> Get some sleep. Thank, thank you for your insult, but it's clear to me that you need to you need to take a look at your sleep schedule, my friend. Mm. So, so when we are talking about the good quality sleep, yeah, we are talking about people who prepare of sleeping the time they wake up. So that's where the sleep hygiene even starts. Regular wake up and sleep time a sleep routine that we can follow through. If I'm somebody who wakes up at six and goes to bed at eight, that should be maintained. Unless there are things which are beyond our control that disturbs that cycle. So establishing a normal sleeping routine, wake time and sleeping time. And when we wake up, the first uh, two, three hours of us waking up, we should be able to expose ourselves to sunshine, clear sunlight, go outdoors, you know, meet the, the maker's light. That way it has got ways of, you know, setting the clock well to stimulate it that we are now in the normal wakefulness uh, period. We have people who wake up and they say, I, I, I prefer everything indoors that also puts a dent in the preparation of good quality sleep. 
When the body wakes up, it needs to be put to use. So people with the sedentary lifestyles are also preparing for poor quality sleep. When we wake up, we need to have a mixture of physical and mental active engagement in life. You can't be saying, I wake up at six and I spend the day seated on the couch watching TV. That's one way of utilizing the time. We need a lot of diversity and color in life. And people who operate on a planned schedule that they follow through the day have better quality sleep because they have learned a system of apportioning energy so that they are not reactionary but following schedules. And when we go through the day, we need to make sure that we have at least 30 to 40 minutes of physical exercise engagement that triggers sweating. That is also a very good ingredient of good quality sleep. We need to stop taking caffeinated drinks as early as 10 a.m. Beyond 10 a.m., please try and avoid caffeinated drinks and caffeinated, uh, you know, food products. One of the very, you know, <laughs> mistake that we make, we, we, we try to be romantic with the chocolates late in the night, but what do chocolate contain? Uh, and then we have very disturbed wakeful nights and then we are surprised of that. We think we are partying and we have a lot of drinks late in the night and what awaits us? Disturbed sleep. One other thing that we need to have is no heavy meals during the night. But unfortunately, we were born into a culture where the, the meal for the day, the, the meal that counts is set for the night. But under normal circumstances, your breakfast should be the most healthy, loaded and diverse meal to have. And beyond that, you're already winding down so that you don't have a full time as you go to bed Otherwise, you keep the machine busy digesting when it's supposed to be resting. A late night snack made of milk and cheese products might actually be preferable than the heavy standard starch, salads, and beef stew and vegetables that we have. Ah, but Doc, I must retort. First and foremost, cheese. First, the dreams. Second, you know, us melanated people and dairy products, you know what happens at night. Now you're going to bed, you're leaving what they call Dutch ovens. It's just not a good experience for all parties involved. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other stubbornness of science is, is that it is factual in that. L late night snack. I'm not advocating for a heavy, you, you know, lactin-based meal or a heavy cheese meal. It's a late night snack. It will help you to calm down and eventually sleep. The other thing that we need to, to invest into is the notion of lighting the house. So not all of us can afford to have dimmed lights as we prepare to sleep or sleep, you know, routines of watching uh, television, slow listening to slow music, you know, staying in the dining where we are dimming the lights and preparing to the bedroom. But that is what is we should what we should be investing into. And we need to make sure that we only go to bed when we want to sleep. That's one of the things that we have missed 
up so much in the uh, recent ages of technology. We are supposed to leave all techno, technology and media, social media devices out of the bed. And for people who are married, the bed is for sleeping and sex only. But many people use it for all other things, including it being a boardroom, a wrestling, you know, field and, and things like that. But that also feeds into disruptive sleep. When the bedroom is meant for sleeping and sleep-inducing activities, then <laughs> yeah, I like that one better. That's a better. That's a better way to <laughs> say it. Yeah, that's a it's much like, mm, baby. Yeah. Are you ready for some sleep-inducing <laughs> activities? <laughs> Without some chocolate. <laughs> Turn off no, the lights. All those other things should stay can, out can, of can, can we? Can we also just, if you are listening to this right now, and your company uses the bedroom as a boardroom? Um, you may want to take that up with HR. Um, yeah, there, yeah. The, there are bigger issues at play over there. <laughs> yeah, sleep might not be your biggest issue. <laughs> yeah, so, so those are some, some of the things that we need to pay particular attention to. And the other thing that you can also use to remedy your disruptive sleep is when you go into bed and you find that 20 to 30 minutes have lapsed with you trying to fall asleep and you're not sleeping, move out of the bedroom. You also don't want to have behavioral tendencies of associating being in bed and being wakeful. So go out of the room and restart the cycle. Go out there and start reading a slow uh, you know, novel, you know, something like that, that will put you in the sleeping mood again and only return to your bedroom when you feel like sleeping so that you are quickly going to move into, into sleeping. But I, I also understand as somebody who has studied social justice and inequality, that this might be a privilege for few. We have rooms that we can demarcate for sleeping and things like that. But that should not stop us from saying what is right because we are not going to celebrate poverty and inequality because that's not the idea we are either earmarking for. We need to have a room that is set aside for bed and for sleeping. And when we have that, it should be well prepared for that. I mean, which other podcast combines medical information and mm. social justice commentary? Mm. It's, it can I mean, we're just woke kings, you know. We're just woke kings. And, and you know, everyone is just better off because of us. I mean, thank you. I think uh, everyone, you're welcome. And uh, thank you, thank, thank you, Doctor Nunji, for you know just 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 uh, emphasizing you know what was it retweeting, amplifying what we've been preaching for years, really. Uh, but yeah, I think those are, those are solid tips. But let's say, for example, as you mentioned, people don't have the luxury. It might be someone who lives in a bachelor flat, for example, and their bedroom is their living room, it's their office, it's their study. We, we might have students who have a dorm room with, with a similar setup. Or you might be Dan, who doesn't leave his bedroom and, and, and watches TV late into the night. Um, what workarounds can people utilize in that event where they in their bedroom there are a number of electronics uh, and so forth? What can they do? Yes, so yeah, there is a way for everyone. One of the easiest way of making sure that everything that we need can be found in that one room is to switch off devices. 
any red lights, switch them off by the plugs or the sockets so that there's no power that is circulating on your devices, flashing unnecessary lights and bringing stimulation in a room that we have deemed for sleeping. Make sure that it is well ventilated and make sure that if you can manage the colors, dark blue colors, uh, you know, blue background can also facilitate proper sleep and also minimize any other noises that are in the background that are within your control. It said if you live near to a pub, noise background, a lot of activity outside disrupt sleep, it's a given and you are not going to be able to have good quality, enjoyable sleep. But human brain can move into a space where it adjusts and accommodates to live with that and blocks it out. So if you have a functional brain that is too able to do that, some of these things will sort themselves out. But whatever is within your control, you should be able to do it. Make sure that you don't put your phone in bed or where you can easily reach it when you go to bed so that you minimize the distractions. And make sure that if you are living with somebody, you kind of share the same sleeping schedule. You don't want yourself to be in your deep, you know, REM sleep, dreaming and things like that, and somebody's still doing with the pose and things like that. You are failing to synchronize activities and time schedules with the people you are living with. It's so unfortunate that when you are not living in harmony together with other people, it's very difficult to discuss syncing the sleeping schedule with the people around you. The answer the need for us to, to live in, in peace with everyone. So or divorce, divorce. That's that's the other answer here because we've spoken about how important sleep is. So mm. you know, I think I think that, that's a legitimate cause for divorce. I mean, irreconcilable differences. She wasn't letting me sleep. Open and shut case. Uh, exactly. That's that, in the deposition. Reason for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we do not advocate for such here. No. Remember, you also need sleep-inducing activities. So don't just yes. randomly divorce people. <laughs> Um, so, I, 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 so you I have keep some, someone some around just so you can sleep. So someone now you're sleep aid. Munuez is just a sleep aid. Doctor Clement, uh, okay, some some quick fire questions. Okay, uh, reading, uh, as I understand, is a good cool down activity before going to sleep. But at the same time, you said no devices. I enjoy reading from my tablet. Can I do that, or do you I can, need to actually? Do that. You can do that in the lounge but not not in bed because what what are you what are you programming your mind to understand and retain when you read in bed so it's also about behavioral techniques of managing our sleep and preparing for it read until you feel like you're dozing leave the tablet there and go into bed like we highlighted uh, then the bed and the bedroom is for sleeping and sleep-inducing activity. Okay. <laughs> All right. What about what about snoring? If I have a problem with snoring, or perhaps my sleep-inducing activity partner has a problem with snoring, <laughs> is that something of concern? Is that something that can easily be fixed, um, or is it natural? So the the part that i would want to emphasize is that this is a domain that i would say your speech and language pathologists are specialized in 
but snoring is a signal that there is disrupted in the breathing channels when somebody is sleeping. That's why you end up having other people when you ask them to change their sleeping position, they might stop snoring. It means the air pipes have been blocked somehow and we are having those forced the entry and exit of the, of the air. And that way it might be about mechanical systems in sleep positioning that can correct that. But it might go to a point where it's now medical. It's very something with underlying medical conditions and it will need a proper examination for the underlying problem to be identified and be managed. It's not normal to have loud disruptive snoring. It's a reason for us to seek help and get help on time. That is true. And I think I'll, I'll also add on to that. What I've done for, for your sleep-inducing partner, what I've learned is a quick punch in between the solar plexus on the back or a knee just above the hip will allow them to 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 adjust their the body mechanics appropriately and it should stop the the story in one of two ways either they'll turn around or they'll just wake up and problem solved either way <laughs> and and few few i think few is ignoring that there are law enforcers around <laughs> to have business with people who do that because there's a name appropriate name for that to your partner can you hear that, Philip? Can you hear? I, I'm talking about love. Just a gentle, just a, a gentle, just a, a loving, caressing. Objective, gentle view into put you in danger. Okay. Um, another question. Okay. Uh, we've often heard the term sleep debt, and it gives me a mental picture of okay, this week I didn't get enough sleep. I can always catch up on it next week. Am I lying to myself? Yes, you are. The simplest answer that I can give you is yes, you are. You cannot borrow into that portal. And it's not going to be easy to reset the clock and pay back. Okay? So the right thing to do is to sleep enough when it's needed to do that. Don't try and postpone sleeping enough. You'll never be able to, to cover up. The other danger of it is as we await to cover up, we have already moved into a lot of trouble and danger. People who are zombies on this road without enough sleep will not take it to the next time where they have scheduled to cover up. So it's, it's a no from me. Say, no, you cannot postpone and borrow into that portal. That's actually a, a very valid, like, like we're not just talking about mental health and, you know, being in a good mood. And so we're actually talking about life threatening, especially yeah. if you drive. I have tragically lost um, family members and friends to highway accidents that were caused by a lack of sleep. So yeah, it's very pertinent and very true. Um, I think moving back to the science of things, um, let's say someone is following all the practices that you have suggested, um, exercise, getting natural light, ETC, and they're still struggling to sleep. Um, would you recommend any supplements 
um, to help people sleep, natural supplements or natural remedies. Because once again, I know this is Dr. Nyarai's field of expertise. So I'm just throwing her layup as well. But is there anything you, you would recommend as a, as a mental health professional that could assist people in the short to the long term? Is, is Dr. Nyari going to take this one or is director to me? Well, uh, you Sorry. first and then Dr. Nyari will, will come in with the ad-libs, you know, like, much like a rap song. Yeah, so what I would say is that, you know, Phil, anything medical, it has to follow through the normal processes of assessment, evaluation, identification of the underlying problem. It will direct us to the proper remedy. If the remedy is pharmacological, then that can be prescribed something for you. Some of the people who try all these things, tips, and they don't work, typically there is an underlying problem, major to do with mood disorders. And when you get your antidepressants and that underlying condition is addressed, then you can actually have your good quality sleep. Some of the things that I would avoid to do is to try and self-medicate. And people will say, oh, I was struggling to, to sleep. Then I ended up taking one or two. You know, alcohol is a depressant here. Yeah? So I then felt like, a, slept like a baby and things like that. But you don't want to be creating problems that poses pseudo solutions. Because in the long run, what was missing in the body mechanics and the biochemistry might not be alcohol. Although you managed to sleep, but that was not the missing link. So I would actually encourage people not to self-medicate or use this, you know, off-shelf type of uh, remedies and go for a proper assessment from a medical person. And then the proper identification of the problem would predict how it is managed. And Dr. Nyarai, I don't know if you have any... I think there's some things like um, drinking teas um, chamomile tea has been known to kind of really calm. It's a nervine, so it really calms your nervous system down. Or you could also even do lavender tea or use, you know, lavender essential oil on your pillow or take a bath in that. Again, all these are very calming. Um, I, I think there are a bunch of other things um, like melatonin, I, but I believe in this country you need a prescription for that. So that's, you know, getting medical attention for that. Um, there, there's quite a bit of study in the use of amino acids to kind of help calm the brain. So those are neurochemicals um, that we naturally get from food. Um, uh, let me think of one, inositol. Um, also, um, we, we found that um, working on your um, thyroid might also be helpful in, in calming, calming your nerves down. But, you know, for the most part, it's, 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 it's all the techniques that uh, Dr. Clement has talked about is really creating a ritual or a routine on, on practicing um, sleep hygiene and just really calming down. Uh, but chamomile helps, you know, and it's caffeine free. Um, and lavender has no, and also taking magnesium. I, a majority of us tend to have a, a deficiency in magnesium and that also might disrupt our sleep. So taking magnesium before you go to bed is another way of, of, of supporting um, quality sleep. Mm, so some, some have said putting some time aside to listen to the Two Broke Twimbos podcast, it really also induces a calm, relaxed state. Yes. Six and out of five doctors recommend. recommend us for, for, for sleeping, yes. 
if you need yeah. to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, just to add on that, um, there was actually a study that I shared with, I think it was with you, Doctor, as well, um, were from uh, Dr. Huberman at Stanford, and he recommended uh, magnesium threonate or magnesium bisinate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that went. Yeah. I've also found that sometimes... Um, we are low in serotonin um, because our body is not producing enough and that's created in our gut. And, you know, a tablespoon of peanut butter might help someone to kind of have a, um, a decent sleep. So figuring out your gut health also has implications on your sleep. So if you're having issues like, like of eating, acid, eating it. Yeah, eating, eating the, eating peanut, the peanut, peanut butter. Okay. Where else would yes, it have yeah. gone, Dan? Where else would the peanut butter go? <laughs> <laughs> I was just <laughs> I was just confirming. <laughs> I have I have one more question. Um and it has to do with napping. Um You you know what all these are, are they they are really great suggestions and I'll do my best to try and you know implement them but I mean a long distance relationship, you know really my my late nights are taken up by you know you know spending time you know? she's in the same time zone as you what are you talking about <laughs> look that is acting like she's in china <laughs> so you know so sometimes is there a benefit to taking a nap during the day to try and also cover up sleep um debt dr clement perhaps you could Daytime naps are one of the major identified causes of insomnia mm. and poor quality night sleep. Tell him, Doc. And tell what him. you also need to know is when the daytime naps are actually causing dysfunction in social and occupational participation, it becomes a disorder. We are already talking about narcolepsy. Uh, characterized by excessive or overwhelming, you know, excessive daytime sleepness that is beyond the control of the individual. And people disguise this in, I like to take naps during the day and things like that. But there is actually a problem that needs attention in that. Don't steal into the night sleep by using part of it during the day. Otherwise, the clock is not going to be flu- fully reset when we do that. You know, sleep is a whole oppression on its own. Unuza. I think that's an interesting study, right? For people who have siestas, if you think of Spanish um, cultures where they have the afternoon off, uh, I don't know if they're taking naps or they're just having three-hour lunches. But, you know, I wonder how siestas affect sleep in those cultures. That's an interesting study, Dr. Clement. Yeah, I think it's something that we can also try and explore locally. Because the other thing that is also prudent is idleness is kind of a precursor to some of these daytime naps. Because people who are fully engaged and productive during the day, where do you get time for that? So some of the things that have accommodated the disruptions in our life 
are things which are actually putting a dent on our health and wellness. We are trying to accommodate a non-functional bigger system by being idle and taking naps during the day, but that is not solving the actual problem that is at hand. Very good point. Yeah, very true. Mm. I also, oh, sorry. I also wanted to add to what Dr. Nyaro was saying. I think... Um, the gut health issue actually is very important. So uh, as you guys know, I'm on my weight loss journey. I've now lost 20 kgs in three months. And one wow. of the... Yes. Thank you. Uh, yes. Most people don't know that it was in one sitting. And <laughs> explained weight loss is also another issue when it comes to sleep quality. <laughs> 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 but one of the things I was struggling with was sleep. And as you mentioned, the, the less I was sleeping, the more I was eating. Um, and then my gut health fell. So I did a lot of steps. So like exercise, um, I started uh, doing um, time-restricted feeding, and then also um, taking like um, probiotics and um, kimchi, like fermented foods to help with my, my gut health. And you like you can immediately start seeing your sleep improve just by making those small adjustments. And also I stopped napping. Um, and it makes a, a, a massive difference because, uh, as you mentioned, like the more sleep, the better sleep you get in because like you stop snoring, you, you sleep better, you have more energy, you're healthier, you're able to, to be more active and more focused during the day. When you're more active and focused during the day, the more tired you're at night, the better you sleep. It's just positive, just positive reinforcement. So what we're trying to do here, Dan, is just to show you just how wrong you are. And put you on the right track, Dan. Okay. So let's let let us fix you, and then we can fix many. <laughs> no, I'm ready. I'm ready to be fixed. You know what? Um, I think this is this has been especially interesting to me because I have recognized uh, a not ideal sleep arrangement for myself, and I think I want to start implementing a lot of the things that we've discussed here. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's right, Dan. My, my laptop doesn't go to my room. Mm, mm. Mm. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know. Is there is there anything else we wanted to cover before we we wrap it up, uh, Doctor Clement? Anything else you wanted to mention, or we can call this a, a a very educational and helpful session? Maybe one other tip that I did not mention is about how personal hygiene is also a part of sleep hygiene. So taking a warm bath or a warm shower that minutes before going to bed is also been proven to work miracles of giving us good quality sleep. And also emptying your bladder and before you go to bed also gives you good quality sleep. And the other thing that you also need to do if you are somebody who is stressing a lot uh, you can write down some of the stressors and leave them in the lounge. Write down on the piece of paper and you have the mind recognize that I've offloaded and left them somewhere so that I'm not carrying an unnecessary burden into bed. That has also been shown to be a very pro proactive cognitive behavioral therapy type of technique. And the other thing that we also need to understand is to if a, a documentation of our sleep patterns because when you eventually come with a sleep disorder to your occupational therapist or your mental health professional, they are going to ask you about that. How have you been sleeping? When was the last time you had good quality sleep? 
what was precursing that? How did you feel during the day? What was characterizing your productive day? You have an understanding of who you are in terms of your sleep. The last but not least thing that I will mention is people function well when they engage in all areas of occupational functioning. We need a portion set aside for work, for education, for self-care, for leisure, for social participation, for rest, and for sleep. When we shortchange any of those areas in our normal day cycle and the sleep cycle, then we are also predisposing ourselves to mental health issues. We can invest actually into good quality sleep by living healthy lifestyles. Fantastic, love that. Hmm. Thank you very much, Dr. Clement. Thank you, Dr. Nurei. Um, another, another stellar session of Mental Wellness Mondays. Um, yeah, Philip, anything else? No, no, Dan. Um, I, I think, um, as, as the doc has said, we're now adding you as one of the trial participants into his latest sleep study. Uh, we'll be monitoring you very closely and we'll keep the listeners updated as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Clement. Doc, thank you, Dr. Nyarai. And uh, thank you to our sponsor, Bon V, for allowing these conversations to be possible. Uh, keeping the lights on at Two Broke Twimbles HQ, as it were. Uh, if you want to find out more about uh, Bon V, you can go to twobroketwimbles.com forward slash Bon V. Uh, and you can sign up to a medical aid scheme from a provider that cares about your mental and physical health. Uh, you can also search for Bon V Medical Aid on uh, Facebook and you can find out a little bit more about them. All right. Um, yeah, thank you very much. This was very eye-opening or eye-closing. Huh? And, uh, <laughs> and we look forward to our next conversation as well, uh, um, Dr. Clement. D- newly minted Dr. Clement Nunji. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. I also feel refreshed and I feel humbled to be given an opportunity to give back to society in this way. Thanks up for the work and yeah. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I was going to say, Dan, we forgot. We actually, this is another example of the 2BT bump. I mean, normally it's awards or it's career accolades, but now it's doctorates. I mean, we have reached A- new heights. Academic accolades as well, yeah. Mm. Mm. Come on to Two Broke Twimbos and get yourself a doctorate. I think that should be our new, our new tagline. Yeah, a new slogan there. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. I uh, really enjoyed this one and uh, highly recommend it. Uh, if you've if you've been listening to this, you should also go back and listen to the other conversation we had with Dr. Clement. It was also very eye opening. Yeah, yeah, wealth of information, also very very entertaining. Huh? You know, I, I love it. He's, he's such a great guest to have. You know. Yes, we'll have him again next year. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. All right. With you more. Sure. Bye, Doc. Okay. Bye. <laughs>